This is Shutters Inc. with Bruce Williams. Hi, and welcome to episode 493 of Shutters Inc., the final episode for 2020, the year we thought would never end. This is Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com, and joining me once again from Allentown in Pennsylvania, Mr. Joe Edelman. How are you? Hello, Bruce. How are you doing? Mate, I am great. I honestly slept for about 10 hours last night, and that is double what I normally get, so I'm oh, stunned. I am seriously, <laughs> I am seriously jealous. I got to tell you, I'm also jealous that we're you guys are done for the holidays. Like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to move to Australia if I get to have that much time off. Wow, we, yeah. We we normally take a break on the podcast for about a month from Christmas through to Australia Day, almost, which is the 26th of January. <laughs> That, that sounds like a Glenn kind of thing there to me. I don't know. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So how has your week been? Uh, you know, it's been, um, it's been pretty much like every other week this year. <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing terribly exciting. Uh, I'm still hanging in there, you know. Good to hear. Here in the U.S., we're, we're kind of living in an alternative universe right now anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm still kicking. That's good. I, I was thinking last night, you know, is it is it just me or does the period between November 4 and January 20 feels like another four years? You know, unfortunately it does. And I, I have to tell you, our, our illustrious president is doing his darndest to make it feel like another four it years. It certainly is. Um, I, I would suggest that he is going well out of his way to try and accomplish that. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought this episode, we should just look back over what has obviously been the, the most unique of years in living memory, but from a photographic angle. And just, I, I wanted to know what you've been up to over the whole of this year and, you know, what... What have been the highlights? What have been the low points? Um, (laughs) (laughs) You didn't didn't tell me this was going to be like a sob story, sad kind of week, Bruce. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have there been any high points? Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's always high points. Um, So, gosh, here, my year, let me me see if I can condense my year down. Um, My year started out looking like it was going to be a truly amazing year. So I had a ton of speaking engagements booked, like literally throughout the whole year for the first two, well, first two months of the year, I was on a speaking tour with Olympus. Olympus had just released the OMD EM1 Mark III. And I was literally crisscrossing the country doing like two and three and four stops a week at different photo retailers. And we were doing these launch events to show off the camera and I was a speaker at Imaging USA, which is the event that's held by uh, the Professional Photographers of America. I was a speaker at WPPI in Las Vegas. My last trip was down to um, Florida. Uh, let's see, Southern Florida in yep. uh, the very b- first week of March. The very beginning of March, I spoke. I was the keynote speaker at the uh, Southwest Florida Camera Club Council event. And I knew when I flew home from that event, it was a Sunday evening, I I knew going through the airport in Fort Myers, Florida, the world was changing. Uh, And and that's when it really hit me because I I had been following the news. I'd been following the news since January that this thing was going on. 
And by that time, we already had reporting of some cases, you know, starting to happen in the west west coast of the U.S. But the airport in Fort Myers, it was just different. Right. People were really just very skitsy. And and we weren't into mask wearing yet or any of that kind of stuff yet. Nobody was talking about masks yet. This was so this was right at right at the cusp of were, were people socially distancing by then? People were. I mean, no, I don't want to say that they were doing it like, hey, we need to be paying attention, but but it was very clear people were very tentative about other people. And the yep. airport this is a Fort Myers airport's a fairly small airport. It was packed. It was almost kind of like people getting out of Dodge because that <laughs> week, that was the beginning of what would be the college spring break. So you would expect a lot oh. of traffic coming into the airport. Yeah. But there was a lot of traffic going out of the airport. It was, just, it was really <laughs> right. odd. And I came back and then, you know, within a couple of days, we were talking about, oh, this is going to get bad. And then within a week and a half, we went into our kind of two week, you know, national lockdown. And right. my entire calendar got wiped out, just wiped out. Wow. So I kind of sat there for a week or so, like, what in the world am I going to do? Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, I can't really go into a studio. And at the time I was leasing a, a studio that I had been in for less than a year. Yeah. Uh, in, in a kind of an artist community type setup. It was, it was awesome setup. Yeah, it was a and, great space. I remember seeing the photos. Yeah. So I couldn't, couldn't use that. I uh, couldn't do shoots. Uh, all my speaking engagements were gone. And fortunately, I've always kind of had a you know bit of an entrepreneurial mentality. So I thought, well, maybe there's an opportunity to teach online. And so I spent about another week looking at my options. I mean, Zoom was kind of an obvious one. I looked at webinar platforms. I don't know if you've ever taken any webinar uh, webinars at all, photography or otherwise. I've I've right. done a lot of marketing webinars. Yeah. And they're horrible. They're just painful. You know, you sit there and you're watching a computer screen and you're eager to learn. But the person who's giving the presentation, they're staring down at yeah. a laptop camera, which, of course, is low quality. Yeah. And, you know, you're listening to ums and ahs. And it's like, OK, so let me let me share my screen with you. And then five minutes later, they're like, oh, that was the wrong button. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I thought I had this all prepared. And, and it's just like, oh, this, this is so painful. So I thought I can't do that. I just I can't I can't agree to put people through that. So I really started working with the idea of how can I put together a presentation that is going to be as close to the in-person experience as possible, but it's going to happen on a computer screen. And, you know, a little bit of trial and error. I, I use webinar platforms, and I've, I've got it down now. I can actually do them with Zooms, too, because a lot of camera clubs, they use Zoom. But I've developed, uh, I guess I'm at six, 16 or 17 different presentations now wow. that are designed to do, you know, to, to be presented online. Um, I am able to teach uh, lighting and portrait lighting. I use a, a piece of software that comes out of Germany called Set a Light 3D, which is just incredible. Oh, is that the thing that does the like the the layouts of where you've set up lights and where your camera is and where your model is? And except it's all 3D and it's virtual, so ah. you can walk through it, move through it, spin it around, look at it from above, below, Sweet. in between. Oh, it's amazing! And so I'm able to, sh you know, actually not just show, hey, you can put a light here, but it gives an, you know, a real-time rendering of whatever you do with the light. And I say, well, if I move the light six inches to the left, 
look at how the shadow on the nose changes yeah. and you see that shadow nice. and this software is so accurate that I can basically get my proper exposure in the software using my shutter speed, apertures, <laughs> et cetera, setting the lights to the power they are. And then if I were to take that diagram that I've created and then go into my studio, set my lights at the same distance, same power, same height, same camera settings, take a test shot, it's perfectly exposed. Wow. So, so it's not just a, kind of an illustrative thing. It, it is a legit you know, rendering of what really happens. You can work with color temperature and color balance, gels, you name it. it it's incredible. That is so very that cool. That has really helped me to, you know, be able to create a good, you know, a really, really good experience. And, and so for each of the different classes that I do that involve studio work, um, I have, you know, several, what they refer to as sets put together. So I can go from one kind of a lighting to one kind of lighting to another and really walk people through the whole thing. And, show it to them kind of in real time, but also from way more angles than I could possibly do with cameras set up, you know, and people yeah, watching right. me in, in a studio. So that has really kind of been my lifesaver because um, I started doing those, you know, those uh, online presentations and marketing them through my website, social media, and I've gotten great turnouts. And then continuing with the entrepreneurial spirit, I started uh, basically digging through the internet and looking for contact information for any and every camera club and photo organization that I could find and have sent out emails and introductions to people. And so uh, at this point, I'm doing anywhere from usually a light week is about four presentations, but as many as eight or 10 presentations a week now. Wow. Um, and I'm able to do them in places that I would normally never get to do them. Cause for instance, a, a, a camera club that might be in California, I'm on the East coast. So a camera club in California can't afford to fly me to California and then pay me to do a presentation. Yeah. But when you take all the travel expenses out of the equation, they can afford to have to do a presentation remotely. Um, I've done some presentations in, in the UK in Canada. Haven't gotten any invites from Australia yet, but we'll see. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that honestly, that's kind of been how I've been surviving. It, it evolved into this. Okay. You call yourself a photo educator. Um, let's get really better at educating. And so, um, I do have a wife who is a cognitive psychologist and a college professor she right. is really good at bouncing ideas off of and, and helping me with things. And even the little thing I told you about last week, the presentation I did for Olympus where I didn't show any pictures. Oh yeah. Uh, I've really been trying to teach myself, you know, as part of my presentation, slow down, tell more stories, yep. try to make it more audibly engaging because it really pulls people in. So that's, that's been a big part of it. And then photography wise, I just still try to pick up my camera every day, take a picture of my dogs, take a picture <laughs> of a rock. Take a, like, I, and that's something I think I would, will always do no matter what my career may be. Um, yeah. you know, I'm just, even when I don't have my gear with me, I'm taking pictures of my iPhone just because, Ooh, something looks interesting. Yep. Uh, you know, hardly ever do anything with them, but it's, it's there. You, so it's you different. know, you've just given me the the perfect uh, bridge to something I wanted to bring up later in the podcast. But cool. over this last week, uh, you you may not be familiar with this, but our listeners already are. About 
uh, 14 months ago, I gained employment with a recording studio in North Sydney. And oh. 99% of what we do is record and edit audiobooks. And ah. over this last week, I've been recording the memoir of a girl who created a a business out of her kitchen uh <laughs> back in uh oh, sort of around about 2004 and built what ended up becoming a multi-million dollar worldwide business uh and she has just closed that business down uh, in 2019 and mm-hmm. she was reading her own memoir, so I was, you know, working with her over this last week. And right. she had one particular comment that just really stuck in my mind. And she said, being creative is not something we choose to do. It's something we have to do. And I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, for anyone who's creative, it really is like that. I feel like yes. if I'm not being creative in some fashion, I feel like I'm wasting my time or like I'm wasting my life away. Sure. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Does that, do you feel that way? <laughs> I, I do, absolutely. And I think it's, uh, there, I've, I've observed variations on that with different people. I mean, for me, I, I I have taught a few college courses here in the U.S. about creativity, right? Uh, which were a lot of fun. You know, the idea that they would let me loose on a room full of, you know, 19 <laughs> to 20 year olds. And, wow, here we go. OK, but um, I always give them an, an alternative definition of creativity is um, even though the dictionary, when you look up creativity, doesn't say anything about art specifically. Right. We tend to associate creativity with being artistic and and it's a horrible association because what it does is it it actually eliminates a lot of people and and forces a lot of people to feel well i'm not creative so let me give you a little bit of science background the science says and and has determined um my wife gets very upset when i say science has proven because scientists are are very (laughs) careful never to say we've proven anything yeah okay so apparently that's a bad word. In the it's just what we so know at this science, point in time. <laughs> right, exactly. So science has taught us yeah. that every human being is born with a set amount of creativity. Okay. So it's not so much more or less. It's a set amount. Now, imagine kind of like a, you know, a scale, two parallel scales. So you've got a scale and I've got a scale. One of us may be higher on the scale when we're born than the other one, that's possible. Right. But both of us have the ability throughout our lives to not only climb the scale to, you know, essentially be more creative, but also to expand our, our bucket of creativity. Right. So everybody's got it. But I think, you know, one of the things for, for me, creativity in many ways, it's a survival instinct. <laughs> and I don't mean like the, oh, I have to be, I have to be creating something or I'm going to die kind of mentality. I just mean, well, I'm going to steal it. I'm going to steal it from Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs gave an incredibly iconic graduation speech at Stanford University. And he talked about the idea of connecting the dots. And, and that's really what I think creativity is. My definition, it's solving problems, right? Because yeah. even as photographers, photographers, we're, 
we're a bit of an odd bunch. Uh, I would argue that we're actually kind of rather stupid in many ways. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is we spend thousands of dollars on camera gear. And the minute we've done that, or the minute we've, we've effectively started down that path, we develop, it's kind of like this medical, medical malady of sorts. I like to call it epicopathy. It's not a real word, so okay. I get credit for this word. Epicopathy <laughs> is what happens when a photographer has spent all this money and then they are no longer happy with an image, a photograph, that is not truly epic. So they will choose to see something and have that gut response of, oh, I should take a picture. But then immediately have another response that says, oh, but wait, I don't have the right lens. Or, oh, the, lens, the light's not quite right. Or, I can't get close enough. And then they don't take the picture. Oh, so man. I am so guilty of that. They won't shoot it. Oh, we're all guilty of it, Bruce, right? <laughs> so, basically, though, what are we doing? We're essentially choosing to create problems. So, really, creativity is, it's problem solving. I've seen something. Yeah. I've got this epic concept or image or idea in my head based on that, but now I've got to solve the problem. How do I make it look epic? Yeah. So, you know, for me, it is, I, I see it as kind of a survival instinct. Creativity is, um, it is, it's just getting from one point to the next. I mean, I, the Steve Jobs analogy, I think is one of the best analogies I've ever heard for the idea of being creative. And I think it's fair to say that people who practice creativity, so again, it's not about being some kind of God-given gift, it's about practicing, it's about deliberately choosing to try and use creative thinking and to try and look at the world creatively. People who choose that as a habit and make that a habit, they do tend to see things that other people don't see. It's not so much a matter that that comes natural to them because it could, you could be a person that indeed is like, you know, you're a little out there and you do <laughs> see the world really different, but you're not necessarily going to, to meet your creative potential until you make it a habit to put that, that mindset to use. So it, it really is. I mean, it's, it's like anything else, right? The more you practice it, the yeah. better you get at it. Yeah. And, and so for me, you know, I, I, I do. Creativity is, it's a habit, it's a lifestyle, it's a mindset. And I'm not the greatest photographer. I learned that when I was a kid. I learned that I never would be. My biggest success is the fact that, let's see, how old am I now? I've had a camera for 49 years. Yeah. My entire life, <laughs> I have had a camera. And I've paid my bills with my cameras, and I'm still doing that. And that's my success. I'd like to break into the podcast briefly to mention that we now have a Patreon account. If you get any value at all from our photographic giggle fest each week, we'd really appreciate it if you could spare a couple of bucks a month just to help keep the servers running. The link will be in the show notes. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. Okay, questions without notice. What makes yep. you claim to not being a great photographer oh because i could it's it's really it's not i'm not trying to be modest i'm being very practical so to give you the background in that statement though yeah i had a, a mentor when i was in high school who realized that i was a little too big for my britches <laughs> uh i i was well you know i was 
look, I was a teenager, so cut me a little sure, slack, okay? Sure. But but I was cocky. I I was pretty good. I had won a bunch of awards. In my mind, I was like the world's greatest photographer when I was like 17 years old, right? like any teenager yeah. would be. Uh, and this guy really kind of took me apart and then let me sweat about it for a few days. And, you know, I didn't have the guts to bring it back up again. And I was, I was devastated. And finally, he reached out to me and he's like, so... Um, you given up yet? I'm like, well, I don't know really what I'm doing. And he's, you know, and then he kind of put the pieces back together to make me realize. And, and it wasn't just a kind of take my knees out from under me thing. He, he broke it down. He went through my work with me and, right. and showed me other photographers work and showed me where I wasn't meeting the mark. And he was right. So it was very, you know, he, he was a little harsh, but his response was very constructive. And, and I, I do. I mean, even today, I could go, I could go through list after list after list of photographers whose work that I've seen, and you know, I just think to myself, God, I hate them just a little bit because <laughs> I, could, I could never see the world the way they see the world. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been doing this all these years, and and you know, one thing about creativity too, at least I find, and there's also some science behind this. The older we get it does become a bit more of a challenge to be creative. Oh, of course. You know, on one hand, we learn more tools and we learn more tricks, which that is definitely very helpful. But on the other hand, there's this human thing of kind of been there, done that, seen it. Yeah. So, you know, if you are truly dedicated to being creative, it becomes more of a challenge to do things that you've never seen before, to do things that are different, that are truly unique. Yeah. And, and so it, again, that's where I go back to, you know, you build a habit around it. So for me, I I say it not, you know, to get somebody to pat me in the back and say, Oh no, you're great. I'm very proud of my work. My work is very detail oriented. It's good quality, but I, I can go, I mean, one photographer and I, I am honored to frequently be mentioned in the same sentence, but, but this young woman is just, she's light years beyond where I would ever be capable of. And that's Lindsay Adler. People will frequently say, oh, you do stuff kind of like Lindsay Adler does. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah I mean, she's way beyond me. Just way beyond me. And I love her work and I follow her on Instagram, but I'd put you above her. Really? Yeah, oh, I would. Oh, God, I knew I liked you, Bruce. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, uh, seriously, I, nah. I think your mastery of light is better than hers. But then maybe that's just subjective. Maybe, you know... And, well, let's face it. I mean, all all photography, all creative output. I mean, there's certainly a subjective. It is subjective, yeah. But I, I think, you know, part of what I walked away from that dressing down that I got from that mentor was, you know, just kind of be careful about how you perceive yourself. And and you've heard me talk about before. Always remember your why. And it was really kind of a yep. just remember why you you use the camera and why you pick up the camera in the first place, and and make that your focus. Yeah. Even, you know, being an ambassador for a company like Olympus and having the opportunity to travel and teach and, and do all these presentations. Hell yes, it's awesome for the ego. I'm not going to lie. I'd be, you know, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. But at the end of the day, it's also, I've got to remember why am I a photographer still? What is it about photography? And the mission statement that you hear me say all the time, you hear it in every one of my videos. I say it in the beginning of Talk Chat. It's on my website, helping photographers understand the hows and whys behind making consistently great photographs. Yep. I stumbled on that after one of my very early, very early talk chats. And 
part of the reason why I say it every time I get in front of a camera and every time I, I do my live show is as a reminder to me so that everything I'm talking about, everything I'm producing, all the content I'm generating, all the classes I'm teaching, it holds me accountable to that mission that so that I'm not yeah. out there making a video saying, well, this lens is better than that lens. There's plenty of people doing that already and yeah. good for them. It's good that we have people that do that, but I, you know, I have my lane and, and my lane in part comes because I've been at this for so long. I've got a lot of experiences that I can share and hopefully help people avoid some of the pitfalls that I stumbled into and, and, you know, kind of show them a path. Because at the end of the day, they still have to go pick up the camera and, and gain the experience. You can watch all the YouTube videos in the world. You're not going to be a good photographer. Correct. So, so my hope is, you know, to be able to kind of take my experience and help people make sense of all the information that's out there so that they're, they're able to get closer to their goals quicker. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 It's, um, hmm. I don't know where I'm going from that. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to go back to this like incredibly depressing year that we had or what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, look, you know, for, for me, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't picked up the camera a whole lot. I think the, the most use my camera got this year was when uh, Kath and I went on our holiday, which uh, got massively curtailed. What was meant to be, you know, three weeks in Croatia ended up being 10 days road trip around New South Wales because we couldn't leave the state. Uh, right. <laughs> so, you right. know, I took a, a, a lot of photos on that 10-day trip, but... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, beyond that, I've not had a lot of uh, opportunities to get the camera out. So yeah, it's yeah. certainly been an interesting year, that's for sure. It has for sure. I mean, I haven't, I haven't photographed a model like working with a makeup artist and a model. I haven't done that since the first week in March when I was in Florida. Yeah, I can honestly say, uh, you know, if I were to average it out a little bit, you know, there's probably a day that I miss here or there, but I, I usually manage to shoot something every single day. Yeah, nice. uh, but I'm not kidding. It could literally be, you know, I'm walking the dogs around the block and it's a rainy day and there's an interesting leaf with water droplets, you know, yep. laying there and I'm going to make kind of an abstract image of it. it. It's just, it is a discipline. It's a matter of, okay, well, I'm not shooting the kinds of things that I like to shoot. So it's kind of like that whole creative process is, it is kind of on hiatus right now, hmm. but I, I have a discipline about being creative and, and looking for things and things that, that are different and unique and, and different ways to do it. And just like that leaf sitting on the ground, that picture has been done a million times over. I've done that picture <laughs> probably a thousand times with a phone or whatever, but Hey, it looks interesting. So what could I do today that I've never done before? Yeah. And, and how can I change it? So it's just, it's kind of the creative problem solve a problem and it's just a matter of keeping that thought process sharp and alive and i don't know that i'll ever actually be able to shut that off because i i kind of get too bored with things if i'm not just looking at things differently yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, when when I heard this girl, you know, reading from her memoir and you mm -hmm. know, this this statement that you know creativity isn't something we choose to do; it's something we have to do. I just sure. thought, yeah, absolutely resonated with me, definitely. 
Oh yeah, I mean, without it, life is life is boring. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think a part of it, you know, a part of the the having to to be creative, it, it comes from from having a passion for something. And yeah. I've always kind of you know worked with a philosophy. If if I can do things that I'm passionate about, then the reality is I'm going to work harder than most people. But the other reality is it's not going to feel like work. It's exactly, exactly. And, and I can, I can honestly say probably my, my biggest personal accomplishment is that I've gotten through my life without ever really having a job. Yeah. I've always loved what I do. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I have my bad days. I have assignments or whatever that it's kind of like, Oh, I can't believe I've got to do this. Yeah. Sure. We all have those. Yeah. But, but the net sum of it all, I love what I do and I can't get enough of it. Still can't get enough. Of it. Are you familiar with the writer, Mark Manson? The subtle art of not not giving a fuck. Uh, no. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. I haven't read that. I've seen that. Yes. It's a great book, and the yeah. way I got introduced to Mark Manson was because a friend on Facebook posted a link to an article that he had read. This was be- before right. his book came out, and I clicked on the link, and the. I, I, I may be paraphrasing the title, but it was seven questions to help you find your life's purpose. And one of those questions was, um, what makes you forget to eat and poop? And, <laughs> and it was, and, it, and he then expanded on that and said, you know, if you can find yeah. that thing that makes you forget to eat and poop, yeah. then there you go. That is the thing that you want to be focusing on because, as you've just sure. said, you know, if if you can make that your your life's vocation, then it will never feel like work because you get so yep. engrossed in it, you love it so much that, you know, time just flies by. And that absolutely resonated with me as well. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. If you can have fun doing what you're doing, it's it's never going to feel like work. That's That's kind of the beauty of it. And then given that this is a creative endeavor and, and especially with the work I do now, the idea that, that I can have an idea and, you know, take that idea from my head and put the pieces together in front of a camera and, and essentially create it and bring it to life. And, and then even take that idea further by going to Photoshop and maybe using several images to bring it together. That's just the idea that the creative, the creative ability that we have right now Oh. Um, just in terms of the tools that are available, yeah. it, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, let's face it. If, if we can think it, we can create it, Yeah, which is incredible. And so it, it, even, you know, as the technology has evolved throughout my life, you know, with photography, uh, um, there are a lot of people of my generation and older that they don't like change. They're afraid of the technology. They're not comfortable with technology and they kind of complain about it. Fortunately, I'm, I'm not a normal baby boomer. Uh, you know, I, I am of the mentality that I love the change. I love the technology. I love learning new things because in the course of learning those new things, all of that's expanding my potential in terms of what I can create and, yeah. and, and what I can, can dream and imagine. So yeah, I, I love that. I, mean, I, I just think that the technology we have is just and where it's going is oh, incredible. It's a, it's a great time to be a creator. There's no doubt about it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it'll be even better when we can move freely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are your plans for Christmas, Joe? 
Uh, well, unfortunately, we're, we've decided my wife is immunocompromised, so we've been extremely careful. Yes. Um, throughout yeah. all of this. And, you know, we, um, I have two young grandsons and they're not that far away. So I'm sure we will, we, we zoom with them yeah. multiple times a week. So we see them a lot. And my, my son and daughter-in-law, they've, they've even gotten smart enough. Now the, the oldest grandson is six and they've figured out that if they actually hand him the phone, we become babysitters because he <laughs> will then take us throughout the house for an hour nonstop. And so that's kind of a running joke right now because they, they thought that we didn't really realize that's what was happening, but he moves around enough that, you know, there are a couple of times I realized like they're cleaning, yeah. he's cooking, like we're babysitting. What's, you know, but, but it's great. So we at least, we at least still have a really good connection and, and we, you know, get to spend time with them. But for the holidays, we're pretty much going to stay hunkered down at yeah. home. I, for the first time in my life, I've gotten to the point where I actually really look forward to weekends and not working. So I, I have like, ever since it started, I, been crushing it through throughout the week, developing content and developing, you know, new presentations and teaching. So we get to the weekend and, you know, we've been watching a lot of movies and just kind of chilling and uh, I've gained a couple pounds that's going to have to get worked on. But, you know, <laughs> so, um, so we're at least we're kind of of the mindset, you know, there's no sense in, in emotionally fighting this. Yeah. The, yeah. I'd much rather get to the other side and be able to look back on it as opposed to being stupid now and not getting through it. So, and, and here in the States, it's worse now than it's been since the beginning. Things are insane right now. A yeah. lot of lockdowns going back into place. So yeah, we're just, we're just going to hang tight and, you know, get to the other side. Good to hear you, mate. Well, I wish you well and stay safe. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. And yeah, I hope you guys, I mean, at least you guys get to move around a little bit, but have a, a wonderful holiday. So I, I guess I should ask, when when do we start again? Like, what is the protocol for the Australian holiday with a podcast here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I honestly don't know. I I did speak with Glenn via text uh, this week, and he and said, how's, "How's everything going for him?" He said, "Hey, mate, probably not back this week, but should be right for next week." And I said, "Don't bother." Oh, okay. I said, "Joe and I are right. going to record the last episode for the year this weekend." Uh, I said, "So we'll we'll pick it up next year." So. So, uh, but cool. he's he, cool. he's kind of you know working through it, going through probate at the moment, which is I, I'm not mm. sure if you have the okay. same process in America, but it's sort of the legal yeah. technicalities yep. of wrapping wrapping up the estate of someone deceased yep. and uh, you know yep. transferring of ownership of stuff and yeah, mm -hmm. so he's got all that to contend with, and obviously not the best time of year to be having to face all of that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, cool. Well, I'm good. I'm, I'm glad it's at least wrapping up for him. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So, But we definitely need to get you on more often. Uh, it's it's great to have a chat with you and to get anytime. your insights. Anytime. Say the word. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, anytime. All right, mate. Well, you have a, a, right, a good Christmas and a happy new year. Thank you, sir. Same to you. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Definitely. Okay? Definitely. All right, Bruce. See ya. Take care. Shutters Inc. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersinpodcast.com.